reading for this morning is taken from Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. John the Baptist prepares the way. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region, and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole of Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt round his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of those of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Well, I've got a plastic bucket, not in case the roof uh, leaks as it's snowing outside, as the children were keen to point out to me as I was just coming in. Thank you. But uh, I've got a plastic bucket. I've also got in here a Christmas shopping bag, and I've got in here the letter P, and I've also got in here some scaffolding links. What do scaffolding links, the letter P, uh, shopping... uh, shopping bag and a plastic bucket have in common? That's the question for this morning, and I'm not asking for an answer right now, but I'll give you a clue. They are all connected with the divine urgency of God. There is a divine urgency in the heart of God, and I wonder if you can hear it, you can feel it. You can sense it. You can smell it. The prophets certainly could. The prophets had that awareness of how God had that sense of, come on! Things can't stay as they are. Things are going to change. Things need to change. And I'm opening a way for them to change. And so, the start of Mark's Gospel, quoting Malachi, And then Isaiah, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Make everything ready as I am about to act in a way you have never seen before. John, the last of the great prophets, wore that camel's hair, itchy camel's hair, and had that wonderful diet. But I think there was a, a lot more to it than just that's what he fancied to do. These, of course, were elements that characterized him as following Elijah, the prophet who was similarly clothed and had a similar diet, who captured something of that urgency, that urgency that propelled him first into the wilderness, into the desert, so that he could spend hours and days and months 
in the place where he could hear God's voice and know his heart, to listen intently. And then he comes to the river, to the river Jordan, and cries out to all who will hear, repent, repent for the kingdom of God is near. Be baptized and you will receive the forgiveness of your sins. But there's one coming after me who will do far more than just forgive your sins. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit. With Holy Spirit, who will deluge you, flood your life with that which only God can give, which will enable you to be not only able to live the life that you've always wanted to live, but enable you to respond to the heart that God has for this world. It's that same Holy Spirit that enables us to feel something of the divine urgency that things need to change in this world. It's a huge challenge. And personally, I would rather not have it, thank you very much. I'm much more comfortable with hearing the still, small voice, the invitation to come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden and rest, to be still and know that God is God. And I can't get away from that prophetic voice that deep within stirs me, and I believe stirs everybody who will listen to some action. Phil Hybels wrote a book a little while ago called Holy Discontent. I wonder if any of you are feeling a sense of holy discontent with the world as it is, or with your lives as it is. For when God looks at this world, he looks at it with huge love. It couldn't be more loving than the look that God gives this world. And yet he loves it too much to leave it as it is. And the first advent, the coming of Jesus, brings hope that things can be different. He says that there is another way that you can live. A better way to relate to those around you and to the environment in which I've placed you. It was Jesus who fulfilled the words of the prophet Jeremiah, which we read in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans. You can join with me in this. You know these words very well, no doubt. You know, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, give you a hope and a future. That's what God intends for us, and that's what Jesus came to bring to make possible. By the action of becoming a servant, humbling himself even unto death, death on the cross, Jesus submitted and opened the way to the hope and the future that God has by doing and choosing to do God's will. And so he became this example par excellence of responding to the divine urgency. In the Gospels we read of him saying, I must, I must go to Jerusalem. His disciples trying to prevent him from going, but I must go to Jerusalem to suffer, to die, and to be raised again on the third day. This divine urgency, this prophetic voice, is rooted in a heart 
that does not condemn, does not tell people off for things that have gone wrong, but rather a heart that longs to bring transformation and healing, hope and a future and new and glorious possibilities. And if you're sensing that divine urgency more and more these days, you're not alone. It makes me want to repent of my complacency at times and embrace God's call to action. But action, of course, in the power of the Spirit, God doesn't call us to more effort, but to more abiding, so that we can, out of His Holy Spirit being drenched in His power, we can then be the voice and the feet and the hands of God himself, to be the body of Christ, and to join with him as we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So, there's a divine urgency in the heart of God. I wonder if you can feel it. Back to my bucket my bucket and its contents. Why a bucket? Well, if you were to watch Blue Planet 2 this evening, you would see a beautiful whale suspended in the sea, trying again and again and again to eat a plastic bucket, mistakenly identified as some food. Such is the extent of plastic in the world's oceans. The damage that is being done is inestimable. And David Attenborough's voice, as he calls people to this greater awareness of what is happening and enables us to realize that we have more power than ever before to do something about it, is a voice that echoes that divine urgency in the heart of God. I, firmly believe that as these 13 million people estimated to watch tonight's last episode, we will hear something of God's voice saying, what are you doing in this world that I've given you? How are you responding to this call? Christmas shopping. There's lots of it going on at the moment. And there's a shop just opened, uh, a pop-up shop just opened in Soho, in a very fashionable area with all the shops are full of color and wonderful Christmas displays that we can buy and enjoy and give to people at Christmas. In this shop, there are lots of things to buy, but unusual things to buy, like warm jackets, like silver Blankets, like shoes, things which are all the things that a refugee in a cold winter would want to buy, to have. They can't buy them, but the rich people shopping in London can buy them. And they can go into this shop, which is called, by the way, Choose Love, and they can spend all they want buying these goods, and then they leave them in the shop. And they go away with a heart that's warmed because it sensed the love of God for those people in Syria 
and in Europe, in Calais. What a great response to the God who calls out of a sense of urgency. What about the letter P? The letter P is, uh, stands for a word that is very seldom used, especially in the churches of this country. The P word is the name of a conference that's being launched by Care for the Family and the Naked Truth in Cardiff in January, and it seeks to address amongst church leaders, equip church leaders, to be with people who are addicted to pornography and whose marriages are being smashed apart, whose children are being corrupted, who's finding the young people of this nation's chat lines, chat, and the chat rooms that are being taken over by people who are obsessed with pornography. Hearts of God, heart of God, hearts of his people are being spoken to in ways they've never done before because this is an epidemic that is sweeping this nation. And the P word conference seeks to do something about that. The prophetic urgency within the heart of God is moving people to action. And what was it that stirred just a few of us quite a lot of years ago now, to grieve over the state of the building that we were worshipping in. What was it that gave a vision of a church vibrant, alive, and relevant to the needs of the 21st century? Could it be that in the heart of God he could see a future and a hope for Christ Church and its ministry, the like of which we can only dream of. And he placed that holy discontent. Nice though it was. But now, as we shall see if you stay after this service, the rubbish that's been taken out, the clutter that was there, the damp floors, the peeling ceilings, the inadequate rooms, the confined worship area, the bad sound, all the rest of the stuff that are not equipping people for the future ministry that God longs to bring for us, but not really for us, for our future, for the children, for the youth. And we know enough about the people who are our young people and those who are to come that we can have confidence that they, you, will take this forward because their lives are focused on the God who has those plans and who has that future for us. It was Martin Brown who said to me a couple of years ago, he said, Joe, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. In a few moments, we're going to, uh, to sing, I see the King of glory. And that last verse has these words. Heal my heart and make it clean. 
Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. Yeah. Those are words written prophetically for today, I believe. They're out of that same heart that is the heart of God for his world. And that we might find that brokenness so that we might not despair, but respond with faith and hope and trust to be in the flow of God's Spirit and see his kingdom come. Let's pray. And the musicians like to come and we're going to move into that song now. Father, we thank you that you have a heart that is broken for the places of this world that we long to see too, transformed by your grace. And Lord, all we want to do is to surrender ourselves to your purposes so that you might take us and use us, these empty, broken vessels, to do that which is impossible for us, but with you is infinitely possible. So would you move in our lives, help us to listen to how you might be calling us to take action, to respond to your heart, and to receive the power to do it in Jesus' name. Amen.